Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Music and Vibes Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Well, I hope everyone is well and that you're having an amazing day and spending tons of time enjoying each other and your family and your friends. I've had an amazing week, and I'm also enjoying my daughters this summer. You know, I was thinking about it the other day, and this is like the first time since... I think 2009 that I've actually had a summer to spend with my kids because normally I was, I think um, in 2010, I wasn't working at the time, I don't think, but I had to do an internship. So I sent the kids to go stay with my mom for some of the summer. I spent some time with them, but I didn't spend a lot of time with them. So I won't even count the summer of 2010 because they were pretty much with other people during the day so I could do my internship and my practicum so that I could graduate that December. So that's what happened then. Then all the other years is either my husband was with them or when we were both working, they were with my friend Cicely. And that was an amazing setup because she is an awesome person. She has four kids of her own, but she's one of those, you know how you have those people who you know that they love your kids. Like, they seriously love your kids. It's not people who just watch them and be like, okay, well, whatever. There are some people that you meet who you know love your kids like you love your own kids. So when you drop them over, it's not like it's a big deal because they love your kids. And I knew when I would let my kids stay with her, and we have been friends for years. And so she's been around ever since they were born. Our kids are similar ages, like six months apart. So our kids are really close. And I've known her kids since they were born. She's known mine since they were born. So I, they call her their aunt because she's like an aunt to them. And I think of her like a sister. So when I would drop them off at the house, it wasn't a big deal because I knew they were going to be safe. I knew that she was only going to let them do what I allowed them to do at my house. I knew that she was going to watch them, that she was going to take care of them feed them the stuff that they were supposed to have. I just knew they were going to be taken care of. But she's also fun. So she would take them to go swimming. She would take them to do tons of stuff. And the kids love spending time with her and hanging out with her kids. So that's what made me not worry about them during the summer because I knew they were fine. They were going to be okay. So they were fine. So for years, she's watched them during the summer. But this year, since... We have the whole coronavirus. And in Alabama, where I live, cases have doubled. Like, they have not gone down. So, the kids are home. It's like we just stay home most of the day. And I don't know about everyone else. Everyone else sometimes, I think, and we have like a safer at home initiative here. So, everyone else, uh, I see lots of people out and about doing stuff that they normally would do. And before we had our mandate or we have the... um, law that we have to wear a mask now when we go out people were not wearing masks a lot of them now some of them were because you do have responsible people who realize that mask is about safety so they will wear a mask but then there were some people who wouldn't wear one so with me i'm still like well coronavirus is still here it has not gone away we still don't have a vaccine i'm not trying to get sick i'm not trying to get my kids sick or anyone else in my home sick and so i have been pretty much going to the grocery store staying home, recording songs in my closet, even though I would love to go to a professional studio. But on the bright side, I think that I'm getting better at my mixing skills and I'm learning more about mastering and I'm practicing singing more. I'm just like I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff, but it's all in my house. But I'm like, once this is over and we can actually go back out to studios and do things like recording, I think I'll be, you know, I'll be pretty good by then because I've had all this time to practice and work on my skills. And I love that I'm getting tons of time to practice recording and working on sound and mixing. Because now it doesn't... All right, when I first tried to record a song in my closet or tried to mix something. Now, my closet is what I call my home studio. And I love my home studio because I can just go in anytime. I don't have to call. I don't have to make an appointment. As long as I have a laptop and it's up and running... I am good to go. So I simply love my home studio. So I go in there and I record. Now when I first started, when I tried to record, I couldn't get my volume together. So that sounded terrible. I tried mixing. I was not good. 
Now, I'm not going to say I'm a professional mixer and or that I can master extremely well because it's still something that I'm learning and it's a hobby and a skill that I'm trying to develop. However, I can hear the difference and how it sounds. And I've been doing lots of webinars and classes online about it. So it sounds better. Now, am I going to just go and say, charge people to start mixing and mastering their CDs or whatever it is or their music? No, I'm not going to do that because I'm not a professional yet. But I think I'm good enough to play around with my own stuff and then make a demo. I'm good enough to do that. So I've been learning a lot of things. Oh, this week I've also I also learned how to um I have another system where I can use to record a song because before I was recording everything on Audacity just because I've been using it for years. It is tedious when you try to record music there because you technically have to go through each line and each thing to try to mix and master it separately and then make sure what you did on one line was for the other one and you just have to try to make sure everything sounds right. You have to do it line by line. So it can get to be quite, quite tedious when you have tons of lines of music that you have to do but on the new system um studio one it's a lot better and the recording sounds a lot better when you first sing into it so i'm excited because i'm learning how to do that now i haven't done tried to do any mixing or mastering on it yet but i'm just saying i'm excited to start and i've actually learned how to set that up so i have done a lot of things and i've gotten off subject i was telling you about the summer with my kids but anyway yeah so i've done a lot of things and since our cases here in alabama have gone up instead of gone down and we have to stay in pretty much until the end of this month even i'm just gonna be honest until we actually have this under control i'm going to do what i need to do but i'm not going to do all this extra running around because i'm not trying to get sick so the summer that I envisioned having, having with my daughters when I figured out initially that I'd be able to spend the summer with them is not what's going on because I was thinking about taking them places, doing things with them. But this is what we have. So we're making the best of it. We are spending time together. We're doing things. The other day, I actually broke my own rule and let my daughters comb my hair. Now, here's the thing. I don't let anyone touch my hair unless it's a hairstylist or a beautician because or myself because i've had i remember when i was a kid my mom used to let me always comb her hair my cousin did too and so i would comb their hair and then one day i remember i got the brush tangled in my cousin's hair i just start winding the brush around and around and around and even though my cousin got it out of her hair she almost had to cut it out then with my mom i think i got the comb stuck in her hair because i did the same thing and she was able to get it out but without cutting her hair so that was a good thing but you know after that I was like okay I'm not gonna really I want to teach my kids how to comb my hair so it was Megan I think she was like six and she's like mom I used to let them comb my hair all the time so when Megan was like six years old she did the same thing that I did to my mom she took the comb and she just twirled and twirled and got it all tangled in my hair and I almost had to cut the comb out of my hair Thank God I did not have to do that, and I was able to get it out. Now, Megan also did the same thing to her own hair, which we were not successful in getting it out because she had it so tangled, so I literally had to cut the comb out of her hair. So, you know, this was my experience with my kids combing my hair, and I'm just like, no, no one touches my hair. Uh Uh-uh, I'll just do it myself. So this weekend, I was just like, you know what? Change of heart. I mean, my oldest is 14. You would think that my 14-year-old can do my hair. So I let her comb my hair, and I was going to put braids in it. Typically, when I put braids in my hair, I um, part my hair first, and then I put rubber bands on it to keep each section together, and then I braid it. Now, a lot of people don't do that. I just do it because it's easier for me when I have to do my own hair. So I told her, I was like, Kennedy, go ahead. Can you part my hair and put rubber bands on it? And she's like, sure, Mom, I can do this. So I was like, okay. And she did an awesome job parting it. Needless to say... She put the rubber bands on it super tight, so my head was hurting, but I was like, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. Um, I'm sure that after a day or so, you know, once the rubber bands loosen up a little, I'll be fine. So, like, so I just went ahead and I braided my hair. Okay, I did that on Sunday. Sunday afternoon-ish. Yeah, Sunday afternoon, right? So, I braided my hair Sunday afternoon, and then... I was like, my hair was killing me. Like, it was hurting, like, painful to the touch. That kind of hurt. So I was like, okay, I'm sure it's going to feel better tomorrow. So the next day came, 
my hair did not feel better. It felt increasingly worse. So I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, you know, Tuesday has got to be better. Tuesday came. Hair hurt even, my head hurt worse than before. So finally, I was just like, I can't do this. I can't deal. I need to take this out. So Tuesday, I spent most of the day literally in the bathroom just cutting the rubber bands off and rebraiding the hair because, you know, once I had to cut the rubber bands off, I had to take the braids out. I didn't do my whole hair because that would have taken a long time. So just the parts of my head that really hurt to the touch, that was unbearable, where I could not sleep, like literally could not sleep because my head hurt so bad. So the, the parts of my hair that, were, that hurt so bad that I couldn't sleep and I couldn't focus and I couldn't think and it's like I had one big headache all over, I took the rubber band out and I braided it again. And so since I didn't do my whole head like that, if you see my hair now, it's funny because you'll see like part twist and part braids, but you can't really tell unless you look close. And since, you know, we are not out anywhere, no one's going to see me up close and personal, I'm good with that. So I did that. My hair feels better. I slept the other night. Like Tuesday night was the first night in two days I actually slept and it felt amazing. So I've come to the conclusion that maybe I should still do my own hair and maybe I should just let my kids practice combing my hair. But for now, I think I'm good. I can take care of it. But I do want to say she did a good job. Is no, I'm not talking about, I'm not um, minimizing how good she's gotten with hair or how she is good at parting hair and combing it. But it hurt. And then she had a nerve to say, well, mom, that's just how it feels when you do our hair. So I was like, oh, really? This is revenge? So I personally think that she took revenge out on me for hurting her hair when I comb it and hurt my hair on purpose. Okay, she probably didn't do that, but it hurt. And it felt like a revenge hairstyle. So I'm just going to go with that, even though she says it's not. But I'm going to tease her about it for the longest about how she tried to get revenge by hurting my head. So yeah. That's the thing that we did. But the funny thing is, I'm enjoying my kids. And I think that's what counts at the end of the day, that you spend time with the people that you love and that you enjoy them. Now, I am interested in hearing some stories that I know you guys have about your quarantine chronicles, as I like to call them. So if you have any funny stories that you would like to tell me about your kids, your pets, your spouse, anything, go over to the Music and Vibes Facebook page and message me and tell me what your funny story is. I would love to hear from you. Today on the podcast, I am going to talk to you guys about some of the red flags that you might see when you are dating. Now, I know on the podcast, we normally just talk about issues that people who are married face, but today, I want to dedicate this episode of the podcast to all my dating friends and listeners, because I know that I don't typically talk about issues that you may face in dating, and while some of the issues that people face in marriage are similar to the ones that people deal with in relationships, just because of the time that sometimes the relationship is a committed relationship, or you could be living together, cohabiting, I mean, so some of these issues are similar, very close, whether you're dating or whether you're married. But today I'm going to talk about people who are in the dating phase. Like you're not in a relationship yet, but you are looking to get into one, so you are dating. Or maybe you're in the beginning stages of your relationship. This podcast is for you. So here's what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about red flags when it comes to dating. Now, I remember what it was like when I was dating and how many red flags I saw but ignored. Because for me, I just, I was getting older and I wanted to be in a relationship and I wanted to get married. So, you know, some things that I saw, I ignored. Now, in my case, the red flags that I saw were like, I was attracted to guys who weren't ready for a relationship or guys who wasn't ready for a commitment or guys who wasn't looking to get married. So, even though they were good people and we just weren't at the same place and at the same time in our lives. So I was ready to get married. They were not. 
I was ready to be more serious, have a more committed relationship. They were not. And for the longest, I continued to date guys who were like, not where I was, where I wanted to be in my relationship. So the red flags that I saw is that they weren't committed. They weren't really ready for a um, committed, serious relationship. And I ignored that. And I was like, you know, once we start talking and dating, they'll come around, you know, it'll be great. And that did not happen. And eventually I was like, Kiana, in order, if you ever want to get married any time in your life, you've got to stop dating guys who are not ready for a commitment. Like, that just has to stop. So then I started to change what I looked for. And I talked about all of this and, um, I think it was a couple of seasons ago. It was in uh, the podcast entitled, I Wish. And I talked about how I was looking and trying to talk to guys and I had this long list. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it, but you have to go back and listen to the um, podcast, to the episode, I Wish, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But in today's episode, that was the red flag that I kept running into and I kept ignoring and kept going on. And then I would get all emotionally attached and really fall for these guys, but they just weren't ready where I was. So eventually I got it together and once I got it together I you know I was blessed enough to have to meet my husband who was at the same place in his life that I was and you know things went from there but those were the red flags that I remember seeing and ignoring just because I wanted to be in a relationship so many times I think that people make bad decisions when it comes to relationships because they ignore their intuition some people ignore the intuition because they just want to be in a relationship that's where I was or because they think they are in love I was there too or because they can't see themselves without the partner that they're with some people may not see their self-worth and think that they deserve to be with the person that they're with, even though the person may not be treating them well or even respecting them or being kind to them. They just don't respect themselves either. So they're just like, well, you know, this is who I have. This is just who I'm with. This is just what it is. So those are just some reasons why people ignore their intuition and just stay in relationships that they probably shouldn't stay in. Now, I know that there are reasons why people put up with certain things in their relationships, but what I don't know is why so many people put up with things in relationships or do things for their boyfriend or girlfriends that they may not otherwise have done on their own. There's this show, and I know I'm always talking about TV, but in my few hours that I have to watch television, it's either the news or TV. Um, I used to watch late night shows, but they're not quite as fun anymore without the audience (laughs) so I don't watch them a lot anyway there's this show that comes on tv one and I'm just going to tell you first of all I am not affiliated with tv one I'm not being paid to tell you about the show I just like it and I just think it fits into what we're talking about so there's this show that comes on tv one and it's called for my man and I absolutely love this show like I will sit down and just watch this show all day, every day, reruns, whatever. I love the show. Now, the show is about women who have done things that were criminal for the man that they were either dating or married to. Like, for instance, they have shared stories of women who have murdered people, which you're just like, oh my goodness, was that worth it? Robbed people, kidnapped people, sold drugs, helped them escape from prison, like all kind of craziness that you remember or could even think of that's criminal. They did that. I mean, whatever you can think of that they did, they did it. Now, when I first saw this show, I was horrified. I was like, this is crazy. Like, how could these women let men talk them into this stuff? And let's not forget about the men who let women talk them into things. Like, there have been men who murdered for love, kidnapped for love, robbed stores for their wives or girlfriends. You know, they've done some crazy things for love. So sometimes I just wonder, like, what can make these people do these things? And how can they make such bad decisions? Now, these are just not just bad decisions. This is, these are just glaringly bad decisions. Like, no one made them do it. So what was the determining factor that drove them to be so committed to this relationship that they decided it was okay for them to commit crimes for this relationship? Like, it's easy for me to sit here and see all of the glaring red flags and say things like, I would have never done that. But 
what about the times that we all have made less than intelligent decisions because we let ourselves be influenced by a person that we were dating or even married to? Maybe it wasn't as bad as committing a crime, but it could have been something that we could have been influenced negatively toward doing. Like, for example, maybe skip a class or have sex before you were ready to make that type of commitment. Um, maybe it was the time you chose to disrespect your parents for the person that you love at the time, or the time you were dis- or the time that your friend or your boyfriend or girlfriend talked to you, got you to distance yourself from your friends because you wanted to spend time with them and they wanted to spend every moment with you. Um, I there's just so many things that people have done for love. Some people have cheated in school. Some people have lied. There's a lot of things that we can do that they, we have done. Now, we all just take one moment to be completely honest with ourselves. We have all, in some way or another, let a person we were in a relationship with negatively influence us or our decisions. Now, in hindsight, we did we see the red flags now, but we didn't see it then. And yes, we did. We may have seen the red flags, but we just chose to ignore them. So I guess the question we should be asking ourselves is, why did we ignore that gut feeling that we got that something was wrong? Now, I think it has a lot to do with our psychological makeup and how we process things. So in the beginning of a relationship, most of us are not going into it thinking something bad is going to happen. In fact, we think actually the, we think the opposite. We're just like, this is great. This is the best thing that could happen. We're going to get married, have three kids or 2.5 kids, a dog, a house. We're going to be good. We think more like that. So when you're thinking like that and when you first start dating, you are on your best behavior and you're more kind, you're more loving, you're more understanding. So because we are at our best and feel our best and we're so positive about the future, the beginning stages, it's easier for us to look past someone who may have a troubling past, especially if you are a nurturing type of individual. Like, you're not going to view this as a red flag, but instead you're going to be like, oh, well, he or she had a troubling past, and I can help them. I can be their savior. I can help them get out of this rut. I can save them. I can change them. And so you go into relationships thinking that you can change people. Or instead of seeing something as a red flag you'd be like well everyone deserves a second chance which is true and i think people should get a second chance however i do think that how can i put it people should get a second chance and if people have really changed they deserve to have one but there are some people who have not changed so you give people who haven't changed they're still going to continue to do the same thing a second chance so you have to just be mindful of who you give second chances to. And at one point, you do you decide to want to do that, especially if you're dating. So at the beginning stages, we ignore red flags. We will not see things. At, we won't view things as being negative, which we should view as negative in the beginning of a relationship. And we ignore a lot of things. And some of the reasons we ignore things is because you want that relationship so bad. Until you're willing to look past the red flags because you just want to be with that person and you're willing to ignore any warning signs that you may see. And I've noticed this, like there have been times where people were in relationships that were not good and people saw the red flags and they saw this thing was going to spiral out of control and their friends and family told them about this. They were warned, like they were thoroughly warned. And they're just like, that's not the case. You just don't know him or you just don't know her. That's not how it is. And like four or five years later, they saw, yeah, that, that's really how that was. And that person was showing you who they were, but you just chose to ignore it. So like you're just in your world of, how can I put it? You're just in your own world. You're just living for the moment. You're not thinking about anything else because that is what relationships do at the beginning. You know, you get this euphoric feeling. Life is great. This is going to last forever. So this is the time. Where you have to, where, this is a time when you should be more mindful of the red flags, but many people ignore the red flags during this time because they want the relationship to work. They already have their life planned in their head. They're not going to let anything stop it. What's one little red flag? You know, they're just going to let it go. So regardless of the reason that we choose to ignore red flags, let me just say red flags can cause you a lot of emotional and maybe even physical hurt in the long run. So 
How do we get over our emotions? Because you know, from what I'm saying, our emotions play a huge part in our denial and our willingness to ignore red flags. So how do we get over our emotions and actually pay attention to the red flags that we are seeing? How do we know when we are seeing red flags and that we're not just being picky? Because that could be something that you have a tendency of doing too, just being superly, overly picky and looking for ways to sabotage your relationship. So how do you know that you are not doing these things and that you're actually listening to your gut feeling and your intuition and you're actually paying attention to red flags that you are seeing? Well, those are all good questions and I'm glad you asked. So here are some universal red flags that you need to notice and be aware of if you happen to see them or if you're seeing them in your relationship. Okay, number one. You have to constantly justify their behavior or make excuses for them. What does this mean? Okay, so let's say you're out to dinner with your family and your boyfriend or girlfriend continually puts you down, makes fun of you, you're the butt of every joke. They are just disrespectful to you and they're semi-disrespectful to your family. And your parents are like, you know what, this is not cool. He should not be treating you this way or she shouldn't treat you this way. And you say something like, oh, they had a bad day. This is just how they are. Okay, so you make an excuse for them. And then let's just say you're hanging out with your friends. They do the same thing in front of your friends. And you're just like, no, it's cool. This is just how we tease each other. Okay, so then you go hang out with coworkers. And they do the same thing to you then. And then you make more excuses for them and why it's okay for them to treat you like this. is really not that bad. So if you find out that you're constantly having to justify their behavior. And I say constantly because sometimes when it's new relationships... Your parents love you so much until they are going to find things wrong with that person. Whether they think you're moving too fast or whatever. And let me just say, what they have to say is valid. But sometimes I do think that it can be to a point where you're discouraged from a relationship. And maybe you should see whether what they're saying is valid or not valid. But if you find that you are constantly, and this is not just with parents, but with everybody. If you're constantly defending your man or your woman to everyone and making excuses for them to everyone for their behavior that's a red flag because something's not right one person can tell you something but then two three four five six if everybody's telling you the same thing and the important thing is everyone's telling you the same thing but they're not people who talk a lot they're not people who are connected you're the common denominator. Everyone else is just people in your life. And everyone's telling you the same thing without talking to each other. That's a red flag. And it should let you know, hey, this is something I need to look into and figure out what's going on and determine if I want to continue in this relationship. So that's the other one. That's the first one. The second red flag is that they don't talk through issues. Now, you're going to have issues in a relationship. If anyone tells you you're not, they're lying. You will have issues. But if they are unable to talk through these issues, or if they just blow up all the time and they're mad and they're screaming and cussing and throwing stuff, every single time you have an issue and they can't talk through not one issue, whether it's a big issue or a small issue, if they can't talk through any of them issues, then yeah, that's a red flag because you should be able to talk about these issues. If it's a small issue, they should not overreact and be throwing things and getting mad. You should be able to talk about issues. So if you can talk through issues, then that's a red flag. Another red flag is that they constantly test your boundaries. So let's say you, you're not ready to have sex with them yet because you just met them and you want to wait a while. But at every chance they get, he or she is pressuring you to have sex. So they're doing things that are testing your boundaries, trying to get you to do things. Or they're going through your phone or they're doing other stuff. Whatever it is they're doing, they're constantly testing your boundaries. This is a red flag because people who love and care about you are going to respect your boundaries. Respecting boundaries is something that should be in every relationship so that this relationship could last. You could learn how to respect each other, be honest with each other by respecting boundaries. So they're constantly testing your boundaries. That is a problem. Another red flag is that they have a massive sense of entitlement. Like they just think that they deserve all of your time, all the time, whenever they want it. So they feel entitled to you. They feel entitled to everything. Like, oh, well, you should do this for me because I'm the, I'm your boyfriend or I'm your girlfriend. Oh, you should do this for me. Like if there's a huge, a whole lot of entitlement, 
And the thing that I see is like, first, if there's a lot, a massive sense of entitlement, but then they feel like, but then it's one-sided. Like they always have to give you on the receiving end of giving, but they never give back. Or if you're given 120% in a relationship and they're giving five or 10, even 30, and you're giving 100, that's not going to work. So that's another red flag because while you're dating, that's the time to like view what you're going to potentially get. I look at it like, no, okay, I don't want to say shopping for cars because that just sounds messed up. But you know how it is when you go shopping. You look at different things, you test different things, see what fits, see what doesn't fit, and then you eventually buy the thing that fit. Okay, so for me, like when it comes to dating, it's not that impersonal, but it's like you are looking for someone to eventually marry. I mean, that's the point of dating for me. Now, it's not for everyone, but for me, that's the point of dating. So you want to make sure that your values line up and that your morals line up and that you are looking for these red flags, not just to be like, oh, I don't want to date you or sabotage yourself, but you need to know what red flags are and then what you can live with and what you can't live with, what you can live without. So you need to know this about yourself so that you know what you're looking for. So then when you start to see these things happening, before you get, um, if you see these things happening like on a first date or second date, before you're emotionally attached, you can just call it off because you know this is not for you. So then you find someone who is for you. So if someone has a massive sense of entitlement or you're putting in way more into the relationship than they are, that's a red flag. Another red flag is something in your gut is just telling you that there is something wrong about them. Now, I remember when my kids were younger, they there were some grown-ups that they liked, right? And then there were other grown-ups that they cried around. And they didn't want them to touch them. They didn't want to sit by them. You know, they, they just didn't like them. And I used to laugh about it because my kids were very picky and selective about who they liked and who they didn't like. And so one day we were at church. And I remember I was talking to someone. And someone came and they were like, hi. And they said hi to the girls. And one of my daughters wouldn't talk to them. And she turned her head and she wouldn't say a word. And I was like, come on. I was like, just say hi. And I happened to be talking to a lady who was a psychiatrist. And she's like, Kiana, don't ever do that. She's like, don't ever make your child say hi to someone they don't want to say hi to. She said, because kids have instinct and they have intuition. And there's a reason why they don't want to say hi to someone. Because they sense that something may not be right with that person. She said, I know your girls and they are friendly. She said, they'll talk to people. They talk to her. So she's just like, if, they, if there's a person that they don't feel comfortable talking with, she's like then they don't have to talk to them and I was like okay but I listened to that advice because you know once I thought about it it's true like babies you can some babies will like you some babies won't people are able to pick babies up and then other people pick babies up and they cry I had an aunt like that you know it's like she would pick a baby up and they just start screaming and hollering or whatever but you know I'm just saying that there are just certain people who kids can tell they just have that instinct. And the, see, babies trust their instinct. Kids trust their instinct. So if they think you're a good person, then they do. If they think you're not, they're not going to be friends with you. And I think that as we get older, we kind of grow out of this and we start trusting like our societal norms more than our instinct. And I think we should kind of go back to trusting our instinct on this. So if there is a situation or a person that you're with, but something in your gut is just like something's wrong with them. And even if they seem like the nicest person ever, if you get that gut feeling that something is not right, then by all means, listen to it and end that relationship because you know that something is wrong. And we need to start trusting ourselves more to know, oh, I've got that feeling. Something's not right. I've got to let this go. So that is another red flag, just like that gut feeling that something's wrong. Another thing is that everything is about them. That's a red flag. Everything can be about you all the time. And if it is, do you really want to date somebody? God forbid, do you really want to marry someone who everything is about them? You don't want to do that. So another red flag is if you're talking and say, oh, I had a bad day. And they're like, yeah, I had a bad day too. My day was worse. I did this and whatever. And you're just like, okay. So if everything is about them. Even conversations where you are trying to talk to them and tell them about your day and how you're feeling and just regular conversation. If everything turns back to them, that is a red flag. And that's something you should be aware of and you should watch. Another thing that you should watch is overly critical about their previous spouse. Now, I know, I know you're going to be like, what? What do you mean by that? This is what I mean by that. Now, everyone has had an ex, okay? 
people that you dated just didn't work out for some reason and some of that experiences where it was like you both decide to end that relationship or somebody was hurt in a relationship I don't know but if you are with someone who's constantly overly critical about their ex then you need to evaluate that and it's not just one ex if every ex they've gone they've been with was super horrible over and they're overly critical about everybody that's a red flag that something's just not right because one person will do you wrong you can be wrong and hurt by one person so maybe they'll talk bad about that one person but everybody everybody you're with or everybody that's with you has treated you poorly and everything has just been bad that's a red flag because when you look at all the people they've been with and They've had terrible relationships with everybody. The common denominator in all of those negative relationships is that person. So you need to look at this as a red flag and be like, okay, exactly what really happened? Because one, I'll give you one. Two, ah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll give you two. But three, four, and all the rest of your relationships and everybody sucks and is horrible I can't give you all that because you are the common denominator. So if you see that they are overly critical about all their previous partners, then that's a red flag. And finally, now there are many other red flags I could tell you about, and we will be sitting here talking literally forever, but I'm just going to go with these eight. So the last one is that they constantly deny, criticize, or minimize what you say. So if you're telling them, oh... When you did such and such, it hurt me. And they're like, no, it didn't. It's not a big deal. Or everything you say is minimized. Everything you do is undermined. Everything you do or talk to them about, they constantly deny. That is a red flag. And you should just let it go. So here they are again. If you are constantly justifying their behavior, red flag number one. They don't talk through issues. Red flag number two. They constantly test your boundaries. Red flag number three, they have a massive sense of self-entitlement. Red flag number four, something in your gut just tells you something's not right. Red flag number five, everything is about them. Yeah, red flag number six, overly critical about their previous partners. Red flag number seven and red flag number eight is they constantly deny, minimize, criticize you and undermine you. These are all red flags. And these are red flags that just go across the board for everybody. These are red flags. You need to watch out for these. And I would advise you probably, if you see these red flags, you should probably stop the relationship because you're going to get hurt in the end. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's just my advice. And you have to make your own decision based on what's best for you and based on what you want out of life. So these are the red flags. These are the warning signs that if you see in your relationship, now is the time to figure out what you're going to do and make a decision about what you want to do about this. Now, like I said earlier, I would encourage you to leave or end the relationship, but that's a decision that you and you alone will have to make. I also would suggest that before making this decision that you take some time to reevaluate what's really important to you and how you want to be treated in a relationship. Now, if the way you want to be treated is not the way that you are being treated in your relationship, yeah, you need to leave that relationship. Remember, the end goal of dating is to eventually get married. So you need to take all of this information into consideration when you are dating. Now, I'm not saying that you scare people off on the first date with marriage questions and how many kids you want and where do you see yourself in 10 years, but I do think that you should be taking notice of qualities that may be what you want in a potential life partner so if you notice after the first couple of dates that this person does not have some of those qualities that are important to you or that their morals and values don't line up or align with your own morals and values then it's better to stop seeing the person after the third date and save yourself the headache and emotional trauma that you might otherwise experience if you let the relationship continue now dating can be fun but you need to listen to your intuition while you are dating your intuition is there to guide you and protect you so please don't ignore it now a simple exercise that you can start doing now to begin to get to know yourself is spend time listening to yourself each day and make decisions based off your intuition. Here's what I mean. Now, a lot of times, and I do this myself sometimes, you know, you ask for advice all the time. 
hey, what should I do? Because you want to make sure you make the right decision. So you ask a thousand people what you should do. Instead of doing that, I would suggest the next time you have a relationship issue or issue or a problem, instead of running to somebody else first, here are the two things I suggest. If you are a Christian and if you believe in prayer, I would suggest that you pray about it first. Tell God exactly what is going on, what's the problem, and then sit and listen to what he has to say. Or if you're not religious and if you don't believe in God, then I would advise you to think about the problem, think about the situation, and then sit down and think rationally about what you should do. Remove yourself from it because if you are in it, you're not going to make a good decision. Remove yourself from it, think about what you should do, and then come up with a decision. Your intuition is there to guide you. And it is especially accurate when you add prayer to that. But those are things that are there to guide you, calm you down, help you think rationally, and guide you about what you should do. The more time that you spend getting to know yourself and the more time you spend getting to know God, if you're a Christian, the more you will trust yourself. The more you'll be able to trust yourself because you know that you can handle this and that you can make a good decision. So this week, I encourage you, implore you, beg of you to spend time with yourself and if you're a christian spend more time with god and begin to trust yourself and if you're a christian begin to trust god more and so that you will be able to make good decisions about dating and be able to trust your intuition and know that you're making the right decision now the song we're going to listen to today is called i still see you and it's about a woman who did not trust her intuition and she's now dealing with the consequences of her decisions so here's the song i still see you for so long we've talked on the phone you made me feel loved when i felt all alone i gave you my trust i gave you my heart you took my heart and you broke it apart i cried and i cried when i found out that the person i saw was not who you are you pretended to be the man for me when you Today, before I end the podcast, I just want to let you know, guys, that I am super excited to announce that we have a new sponsor for the show, and that sponsor is BetterHelp, and it's Better, B-E-T-T-E-R, 
and help, H-E-L-P. And BetterHelp is an online counseling service. Now, since we talk a lot about relationships, we talk a lot about marriage, I know that some of you are having issues with your marriage and that you're having difficulties in your marriage. And so I was thinking, like, if you're having difficulties, the goal of the show is to help you find ways to make your marriage work and find ways to work through things and talk about things. And I know that the tips and the things we talk about can be helpful, but sometimes you just need to have a professional to talk to to help you and your spouse navigate through these difficult times. So guys, BetterHelp is here to help. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, BetterHelp will assess your needs and then they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And the great thing is like, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is a professional counseling done secretly online and securely online. That's the great thing. There is a broad range of expertise available. And the reason I was so excited to partner with BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, is because of the fact that they are number one in online counseling when it comes to marriage and when it comes to relationships. And that is the thing that got me. We talk about relationships all the time. And I wanted you guys to have a resource available to you guys that could help you stay in your marriage because that's our goal to help you work through the issues and work through the problems and better help is here to help now it doesn't matter where you are because the service is available for clients worldwide all you can do is log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor you'll get timely and thoughtful responses plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't even have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy and now you know how it is with the coronavirus and we're all stuck at home anyway i felt like this was the way to go and better help is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to and i think this is important because every counselor is not for you and it's important for you to be able to find that counselor that you and your spouse both both connect with the counselor that you and your spouse both trust. Not a counselor where you can trust, but your spouse cannot trust, but someone that you both can trust so you can be honest as you go through counseling and work through these issues. And the great thing about it is that it's affordable. Now, traditional online counseling or offline counseling is not, I mean, it's affordable, but it can be expensive. I know one time when, um, my husband and I were doing counseling. If it had not been for the fact that insurance paid for like 13 sessions, we may not have been able to afford it because it was like 100 bucks an hour. And I know everyone does not have that because of some people may be out of work. You may have kids. It can be expensive. So with better help, they want you to be able to afford to have counseling. And I want you to be able to afford to have counseling. So that is why... BetterHelp makes it affordable. And the great thing about it is if you visit their website and you sign up to get help at BetterHelp and you put in my code, then you can get 10% off of your services with BetterHelp, which I think is great. So what I'm going to do is I am going to put the special offer into the show notes and you will get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. And I'm going to put the link into the show notes so you can just click on it and then you can go there, apply the code and get 10% off your first month. Guys, we just want to make it so easy for you to work on your marriage until it's not even a problem. So any resource that I can find that is going to benefit you and help you improve your marriage, believe me, I'm going to make sure we get that for you so that you can have what you need to be successful at working on your marriage. I also want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I feel blessed every single time we talk, every day when I'm going over content or whatever it is I'm doing, I am blessed to have you as listeners. You guys have been amazing. And I know I tell you I love you all the time, but I really do. Like I enjoy time with you. I enjoy spending time with you. I just can't get enough of our times together. So guys, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being such amazing listeners. And I appreciate you spending time with me. I love hanging out with you. It's been awesome. It is awesome always. I have a fantastic time. So thank you guys for listening to the podcast. 
I also want to take this time to encourage you to share and to subscribe to the podcast. Um, so if you know anyone who needs grit in their marriage or who this podcast will help, please, by all means, share the podcast with them. And I'm also going to put a link where you can go and subscribe to the podcast so that you can continue to get the podcast and it can just come to wherever you listen to podcasts and you don't have to go to my to the website every week or go to the Facebook page every week. You will automatically get it because it will be downloaded to your phone or your laptop. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you will get it every week because you have subscribed to the podcast. So don't forget... Share the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. All right, say it with me. Share and subscribe. Share and subscribe. All right, I think you get it. Share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. All right, cool. Well, guys, I think that is all. If you need to contact me, you know where to go. Go to the Music and Vibes Facebook page, and I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. The handle there is at the Music and Vibes Podcast. And it will take you to the Facebook page if you go to Facebook. And you can message me. You can leave something in the content. Con- you can leave something in the notes. Or you can just um, watch episodes of the podcast there. I'm also on Instagram. And the handle there is at Music and Vibes Podcast. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Don't worry about anything. Or you could just go to our trusty website, which is www.musicandvibes.com. And you can get in contact with us there. All right. Well, guys, I think that is it. I love you. Thank you for hanging out with me. And until next week, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.